everyone, welcome to Trust the Trail. We are your outdoor guides, Ariane Petrucci and Scott Jans. This is episode 115, Food for Thought. On this episode, we discuss the concept of cold soaking your food while on the trail. Is it worth it? What value does it give? Is it healthy? And ultimately, does it offer you the endurance for putting in those additional miles? You can always join in on the discussion on our Facebook group page. Just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash trust the trail podcast and come hang out with us. Join our podcast family. Be part of the conversation. Absolutely. Um, it is summer solstice. I know. It just just passed. It is summer. I know. We just officially had the <laughs> longest day of the year. We had like massive thunderstorms every day. <laughs> For like five, six days straight. It was beautiful. Yeah, I, I personally loved it. So it's been kind of uh, hot in Atlanta. And um, people are uh, running to the mountains, the North Georgia mountains, here for some uh, some cooler weather. And, uh, of course, going up there, it's been like these massive, maybe 30-minute to 45-minute thunderstorms, which are just wreaking chaos on everything. So um, it's kind of like put a little damper on it this week, but I'm so happy it's summer. I'm just, it's finally summer. Well, it actually feels more like summer with with the rainstorms. Yeah, yeah. Well, and of course, in northern Georgia, it's really, you know, a lot of people forget the Appalachian Ridge is really kind of a rainforest. So with the humidity that comes out through the Gulf and in northern Georgia, I mean, we get a lot of rain. Last year, we got 90 inches of rain in the Smoky. That's a lot of rain. (laughs) Get your rain gear out. (laughs) This is not what the podcast is about. I know. (laughs) No, but in the the spirit of summer solstice and uh, backpacking in the dead of summer and in in a time where people are looking to not necessarily reduce weight, but reducing weight um, indirectly, but also... Looking at different ways, different foods to take, uh, different ways of preparing that food out in the backcountry, um, we decided to talk all about cold soaking. So it's been a big topic for a long time now. Um, it's kind of ebbed and flow in popularity, but it is still something, it's still technically a technique that people are are really still utilizing yeah, so um, I probably a couple of years ago, uh, a few popular YouTubers started talking about cold soaking, and it it kind of became a trend. I think it's a trend. I think it's trendy, and um, and so I challenged one of I challenged one of his videos on the on what he was cold soaking. And how he was using uh, cold soaking to what he, what what he was arguing was benefiting him, and so I challenged him on that. And I had done a uh, kind of like a video comparison, com, you know, comparing what he did to what I came up with. And 
that's what we're really going to kind of share with you because here's the thing. It's important for you to know the truth and the reality of the trail and I'm getting caught up in, and you know, new techniques and new trends that I mean, happens every day on the trail and with backpacking gear and a better way and a lighter way to do it. Absolutely. But I think sometimes we have to be careful as far as um, we need to look at the pros and cons of, of everything. Cause with every pro you think it could have a, an effect later on. And I think that's what, um, we're going to tell you. you, you probably won't hear anything other than you'll probably hear more of the truth about cold soaking on this podcast on any YouTube channel out there right now, um, because we're going to tell you the truth about it and um, at least give you guys a really good um, food for thought, food for thought <laughs> and awareness about if you're going to do it, um, there's some things you're going to have to know about it. Yeah, so I think for many out backpacking, including myself, cooking is a ritual. It's something that I enjoy doing. It's part of my backpacking rhythm, my routine, um, something that I get a lot of benefit out of. For others, it's burdensome, and they're not interested or they don't perhaps have the energy. So the concept of cold soaking uh, is really reabsorbing with water um, dehydrated foods that can be brought back to life, essentially, while you don't have to put in the effort to do so. Um, Essentially, you are reabsorbing your food while you're backpacking. Yeah, you're rehydrating. Right, rehydrating food while you're backpacking. Right, right, rehydrating. So your food is ready by the time you get to camp. Supposedly. Supposedly. <laughs> um, and the, the whole concept behind cold soaking also, as far as the YouTube community goes, is that it can reduce pack weight. It can, um, you, it, you, can you can actually hike a, a few more miles for that day because you're not stopping to cook food. And in the summertime, you don't necessarily want to eat a hot meal because it's hot outside, and we're gonna we're gonna kind of debunk a couple of that kind of stuff. Um, but that's the that's the concept. That's that's the argument that probably your two or three most popular backpacking YouTube channels are making as far as what benefits you're gonna get from cold soaking. Um, I get the summer heat stuff. I, you know, like sometimes you really don't want to eat or drink anything hot when, you know, you're going in your tent and it's 85 degrees outside or it's 82. Um, I I get, I get that whole thing. Um, But there are alternatives to, to the cold soaking thing anyway. So that's really the argument they're, they're making. And we, to make sure we were, on track, Ariane and I watched a lot of YouTube videos that talked about cold soaking. And there's two things, not one of those videos told you <laughs> that we're going to tell you on this podcast. So is that kind of what you got out of watching as far as the argument goes, as far as cold soaking goes? Yeah, essentially, you know, highlighting we're doing this because we don't want to carry 
the extra weight, it can potentially save weight, um, particularly in summer months when you're not interested in hot meals, understandably. Um, but, but also, while you're, while you're backpacking, the, the work is being done for you. So you're, it's essentially, it's more convenient for those that find cooking to be a hassle or time consuming or don't have the energy to be able to do it. Um, it's, there's no idle cooking time because you're actively working while you're, you're essentially quote unquote cooking your food. But you know, you're, you're, what else do you have to do in the backcountry anyway? (laughs) I mean, you're out there doing joy. But I understand it. There are times when you get to camp and you're, you're exhausted, um, another one of the arguments is you can pull in more mileage um, because you're not taking that time after setting up camp to to have to you know right 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 to right. cook your food cook. so there's a lot of arguments out there a lot of them have validity to them I, I i understand the argument like a lot of it logically makes sense but it all a lot of it also counteracts its its own argument as in that's perhaps not really what's going yeah, on well looking at it face value logically you would think it does make sense until you start really breaking it down <laughs> right. so um and of course you know, when I hear something like that, I will test it, experiment with it, test it again, and I get out the scale and I start weighing stuff. We, so we <laughs> actually have a previous episode, episode 55, on this topic where Scott really uh, digs deep into um, very mathematically uh, both nutrition, uh, weight, uh, that kind of thing. So it's very intriguing if, if you wanted to go check it out after listening to this. But we wanted to reapproach the topic um, from a different perspective and a little bit more of a thorough um, understanding and argument towards this whole cold soaking uh, and it's trend. Summer. And, it's summer. and it is summertime, so what better time to talk about it than when it's actually occurring on the trail. Absolutely. So let's kind of like talk about the weight uh, issue first. When the argument is made by um, these YouTubers, um, who have got great videos, by the way, um, that are saying that, well, it can save you weight. It saves you weight if you're not carrying an alcohol stove. If you're not carrying an alcohol stove and you have a big MSR, um, big canister, or a jet boil, or a, uh, a pocket rocket with a canister, then that argument could possibly be made. But if you are an alcohol-carrying stove person like us, <laughs> don't leave <laughs> home that, without it. Is that like a technical like a, term yeah. for those that carry alcohol yeah, stoves? Yeah, don't leave home without it. Um, it, it is, it, it doesn't, it does not save you weight. And so the cold soaking d- myth, number one, is that if you have a, a jar, um, or a piece of Tupperware or something that you are going to put your, uh, dehydrated food in and then pour water in it, you are creating water weight. And your water weight is actually brought into two stages. 
First, it's the water weight that you are actually filling up in mass. So if you have an eight ounce cup, you have your uh, dehydrated food in that eight ounce cup and you're pouring water in it. That water is taking mass in that cup. But then the weight really comes in when the rehydration comes into play and the noodles and whatever you have starts rehydrating, which gets heavier, much like a sponge. When you carry it, when the, your sponge is really dry, it's very lightweight. You soak it with water, it what? It becomes a little bit heavier. So the the notion that you're going to actually save weight um, may be debunked if you are an alcohol carrying stove backpacker. You're not going to save weight. You're going to add weight um, because you're now creating um, more mass in your backpack. You're carrying water weight and you're carrying the water weight plus the reabsorption weight of whatever you're going to cook. So if that, I, I've tested it, it's heavy and you're <laughs> adding weight. So for an ultra lightweight backpacker, and by the way, just want to throw this out there. If you say you're an ultra lightweight backpacker because you cold soak, I'm going to guess that by the time you put water in your jar or your cup or your whatever you're going to put the water in, and you're going to rehydrate your food, you are now a not an ultra lightweight backpacker and you are carrying the same weight as you would have been carrying a stove. You're carrying the same amount of food. That's not going to change. That's static. So whether you carry rehydrated food and throw it in water or you carry rehydrated food and boil water, it's the same amount of food. So that's not going to change. Um, I do, I would argue the fact that if you're going to boil water, it's going to be the same amount of water that's in your cup. So that weight is static. But now I pour the water out of that container and pour it into a, um, probably, if you're smart, a recycled mountain house bag that you have recycled, washed out, and now you're going to cook your veggies or whatever meal you want to rehydrate in that food. And now you're eating it, sitting down, taking a break, if you're going to cook. And so that's less weight. You're actually carrying, you're actually taking the weight out of your backpack. <laughs> so I think I'm going to debunk it saves weight. It, if you are a alcohol stove <laughs> carrying person. Well, it's interesting because one of the things that nobody does discuss is the bulk that it adds in. So, yes, you're reducing not only the weight, but the bulk of a stove. But aren't you just adding that bulk back by using the container in which you're absorbing the yes, yes. <laughs> and, the food and, in? And none so, of the YouTubers weighed it. Like I was waiting for someone to pull out a scale and compare the two, and nobody has. I wonder why. I wonder why they haven't done that. It's because they know they'd be busted. <laughs> why? I don't know if it's busted or unbusted. I think it's, you know, arguing for or against, or or maybe even exploring it. Um, the the other thing is is that there's no there's 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 no idle cooking time, or there's no hassle of having to cook. So. 
the only way for you to reduce carrying the weight is to then cook at camp, which now you've added extra time yeah, to your cooking. That 10 minutes it, of hell waiting unquote, for your food to <laughs> rehydrate's got to be terrible. So, so that's not, I, you know, I, I hear I hear people suggesting, well, just wait till you get to camp before you set up camp, then then start the hydration process again sitting there you're not carrying it but i i I don't see the benefit then because now you're just in the same jam that you were uh to remove the idea of the stove altogether yeah so that's debunk number one about the weight issue and i would if if you have done it differently or i'd love to hear your comments or i would love to see if, if this only pertains to people that we're going to carry an alcohol stove anyway. So for us who carry alcohol stoves and alcohol, um, it is not a weight saver. Now you might have an argument if you are carrying a jet boil or if you're carrying one of the big containers for the MSR pocket rocket and the pocket rocket itself, you may have that argument to make as far as weight, but um, it, as if, if you're going to say you're an ultralight backpacker and I don't carry a stove because I cold soak all my food, I'm going to tell you, well, <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, but, but, yeah, I guess wait before you <laughs> put the water in. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and the other thing too about some of the, um, and, and, and I want to make sure we're, uh, you know, we, we let everybody know we, we're not advocating one thing or another. I'm a, I'm a firm believer, man. Go out and test your gear. It's your, it's your hike. Um, it's your lifestyle. If, if you, if, if cold soaking works for you, man, go do it. The, the most important thing is you get outside. You know, um, that's the most important thing. That's the priority is that you're out there doing it. So, you know, kudos to you if you, if you do it. There's a couple of reasons why we aren't not going to do it um, and we don't do it. And some of them are just kind of like bare bone. Uh, maybe uh, one or two is a safety issue, and maybe the other one is um, we're avid coffee drinkers, and I'm not drinking cold coffee in the morning time. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, you know, spoil me, right? Um, so, but I think one of the other arguments, too, and this is the big one, this is the huge one that I, ha- I have a real issue with, is that um, you're going to be able to do those extra miles while you're cooking your food or while you're cold. So, and don't say cooking your food. You're not cooking your food. I know I did air quotes <laughs> earlier cooking. And I, I, I realized that this is a podcast and nobody can see my air quotes. I can see them. <laughs> you, you can. I can see them. Air quotes don't read well over radio. No, 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 no. But to our audience now knows you're doing it. <laughs> when I say cooking, I'm <laughs> yeah. doing air quotes. <laughs> so, um, but the other thing is the endurance, and and we're gonna um, we're gonna talk a lot more about that in in a few minutes. Um, the endurance thing is this: well, you know, you don't have to take you don't have to take the time to uh, you know to stop and cook, so you can hike those extra few miles. Well, maybe in the beginning, maybe, and perhaps for a little while. But if you're referring to long distance, if you're out on the trail for a very long period of time, that's where we're in disagreement with the argument uh, 
for essentially saving time. Well, and it's going to catch up with you. Yeah. And we're going to tell you why it's going to catch up with you. So one of the YouTubers that uh, was making the argument for cold soaking did cold soak on a rim to rim backpacking trip of the Grand Canyon. Um, probably the worst, the worst time to cold soak your food, <laughs> even in the summertime. When you th when it's blazing hot and you think, oh, no, nah, I'm not going to cook anything hot. And we're going to talk about why that was probably a huge mistake and why what you think you're getting endurance or miles for that day by saving time cold soaking, you're later going to find out you're not getting the food energy that you need to keep going. And eventually your body is just going to get a little bit more tired a little bit quicker because you don't have that nutritional value. And we're going to talk a lot about the nutritional value for the cold soaking stuff. Uh, another, uh, another argument uh, that we are kind of debunking in a sense is that the cost per meal could be the same. Um, I'm sorry, the cost per meal could be reduced. And and essentially we're we're looking at it as it's it it's kind of the same. Yeah. It, the cost per meal is going to be about the same. Absolutely. So, cost, I've heard that come up multiple times. Um the cost is not really the variable. I would say and we're going to get into the nutrition here in just a second, but I would say that the nutritional the, the need to add in layers of nutrition actually might add to the cost rather than uh, making it one meal up front for cooking. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I, per I personally think that you might actually add a little smidge of weight, smidge of weight, and definitely more cost by actually adding in the nutritional value yep. uh, to... Yeah, because re-dehydrated re 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 veggies are expensive. You know, they're a little bit more pricier. Um, they're then tasty, but. they're tasty, but <laughs> they're a little bit more pricey. But here's the thing. So let's get into the, the bulk of the, the argument here as far as nutritional value. So nowhere other than this podcast are you going to hear this. And so and if you want to challenge this, uh, be my guest. You're I mean, we love the challenge. We love people comments. If you want to comment on on why you think I'm, I'm wrong, what I'm about to say, I, I love it. OK, but here's the thing. Every single YouTuber that talks about food, that talks about backpacking food, okay, all of them, they all say one word, calories, 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 calories. You need calories, calories. They're absolutely right. You're burning 6,000 calories a day on a long distance backpacking trip. When you're out there doing 100, 200 miles, 300 miles, yes, it's, it's, it's all about calories. It is not about calories on the weekends or even your first hundred miles of backpacking. It is not about the calories. But the one thing they do not follow up with is that it's not the amount of calories. Because quite, quite frankly, if it was all about calories, I could eat a lard of butter. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and replenish. Oh, I just ate a lot of butter. It's 3,000 calories, you know. And I should be able to go through I this. should be able to <laughs> hike it all day now, man. It's not about that. It's about the nutritional value that the that you're 
putting the calories in. So protein, carbohydrates, your vitamin B, your vitamin C, it's whole grains, it's nuts, it's fatty oils, it's the good kind of saturated fat versus the bad kind of saturated fat. Now when you're burning 6,000 calories a day, bad saturated fat's not gonna hurt you. But it's all about energy level, energy level. How good you feel. What 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 kind of food are you putting in to your where your muscles are happy? Happy muscles instead <laughs> of my god, my foot is cramping up and I don't know why. Well, because your muscles starving. Yeah. You know, it's that kind of stuff. It's electrolytes, you know, during the summertime. It's all kinds of things that that you need to be aware of if you're going to do a long distance backpacking trip. When I say long distance, I think we define that as anything over a hundred miles. You know, that's gonna, you're going to be out there for about a week, maybe you know five to seven days. Um, and after that, if you keep going, then your body really starts thinking, "Oh my God, I'm gonna, I'm really, I'm really doing this. I'm really out here." And then it's, nutrition's even, even more important. But um, as far as the cold soaking goes, I could eat ramen noodles all day. I could soak that stuff in water in bulk, right? But you're not getting any nutritional value in it. So the argument that I made in um, the video that I made when I talked to one of the YouTubers, um, they had talked about cold soaking ramen noodles and some refried beans, some re, re he re hydrated refried beans and put that in the ramen noodles. And um, although I can't imagine that tasting really good, but it might, I don't, I've never had it. It might be like the best meal ever. It actually tastes really good. Okay. <laughs> so, 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 and then he put some like little sauce in there. Well, I looked at that. I'm like, for the water weight that you carried for the time it took you to, to rehydrate that food and then I looked at nutritional value. Nutritional value was nothing. It was terrible. I compare that to a whole grain peanut butter and jelly sandwich. The P and J sandwich blew it away. It got it gave you everything that you needed to give you more energy. You got the sugar from the jelly. You got the fatty oils from the peanut butter. You got the whole grain from the bread, which has nuts, which is really, really good for your carbohydrates. So you got every single piece of nutritional value in that peanut butter, whole grain peanut butter and jelly sandwich that you could have ever gotten in cold soaking ramen noodles and um, re, or, uh, rehydrated refried beans. Both, may I add, are stoveless. Absolutely. <laughs> That's the point. <laughs> Absolutely. So that and that and that's what I'm talking about. And that's what we're talking about when we're talking about it, it might sound really good on a YouTube channel, you guys. I get it. You know, I mean, I get it. I do. But you have to really then you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes people put content out there because, you know, they're a popular channel. They have to keep the content going. Someone comes up with cold soaking. It you can make six videos out of that, right? So, and I and I get that. I get all that stuff. But the reality of it is, is that if I can beat your cold soaking with a regular whole grain peanut butter and jelly sandwich, then maybe cold soaking is not the way to go in the summertime on a long distance hike. I think that's the kind of 
That's what we're really talking about here is make sure you are getting nutritional value out on the trail because that, in the end, is going to be so much more important than the amount of calories you're eating. The amount of calories is important, absolutely. But the the amount of calories you're eating, are you getting nutritional value out of that? Yeah, yeah it's funny. We were talking about it and we're like, we could eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Now, Scott's more apt to eat the peanut butter and jelly sandwich and, and load his pack with it um, than I would be. But he's like, if you're going to carry the weight, if you're going to carry the weight, then make it worth the while. Make it nutritional if you're carrying the weight. And he was like, there's no value in water. And I go, oh, but there is value in water. But not when it's just to reabsorb your food. The weight isn't counterbalanced by the value that you're receiving by it. Um, and this is something I've actually seen Scott do out on the on the trail now, now Scott loves his food he loves experimenting with food he loves creating food out there and he will take the the carnations milk it's just powdered milk he will take that and he will he will put that in a small little jug and carry it for for like an entire day in his pack and like chug it down put it in a cold creek that is that is a look at a more um worth its value in in wa in water weight yeah because if you uh, if you go to any of your local grocery stores they're uh they're they're begging you they're actually daring you to take the package because it's all nicely packaged for you <laughs> um and it's in a little uh, 16 ounce, I think it makes 16 ounces of instant milk, carnation instant milk. You look on the back of that and look at all the nutrients you're getting. And by the way, if you if it's summertime and you don't want to cook, bring the carnation instant milk, make it. You're going to carry that water weight anyway if you think you're going to cold soak, right? So replace that volume that you were going to cold soak with, make the milk, and now you have a really nice fresh cold glass of milk in the morning with what your cereal oh man that's a like what better cold soaking option can you get in the morning than a little bowl of cereal and a nice with with carnation instant milk with it and you get some nutritional value especially if it's whole grain cereal because you get the sugars you get the you get the nuts you get the protein you get the carbohydrates and you're again it's the same volume you're going to use for cold soaking. It's the same volume, but now you're not you're not creating more weight in your pack by the cereal having to rehydrate. You're going to wait until you stop. And I'll bet you I can eat a bowl of cereal in a very very amount a very short amount of time on the trail just by sitting on a log, boom boom making my cereal and guess what cereal who cares if it crunches to dust in your backpack who cares you know it's it's one of the bread and cereals are one of the few things that we don't care if it smashes to smithereens in our food bag with everything else we're still going to eat it 
anyway. <laughs> I would say Pop-Tarts is another one, too. I've eaten Pop-Tarts like in crumbles out of a bag before. It's still it's, it's the still same the thing. Same yeah, it's still the Pop-Tart. It's just not in whole form. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't care. Most backpacking food, when you break it down, no longer holds its, it, you know, its, its shape or form uh, by the time you're done with it. Um, so one other argument for, you know, going stoveless, for cold soaking, is what many of these YouTube channels haven't addressed or, you know, the thought process is the, the mental pick-me-up that you gain uh, from possibly having that alcohol stove. Same, same weight, same bulk. Um, and so for me, particularly, I, I don't care if it's 98 degrees outside. I like the ritual of cooking. I enjoy the aspect of cooking. So for me, that's a given. But there's value. You're talking about these summer storms that have been coming through uh, for, for, you know, a full week. They're chilly, particularly up in the mountains. They can soak you to the bone. You're cold. Perhaps you're having a rough day. There's nothing like a mental pick-me-up in the value of having something warm uh, to just kind of warm your body from the inside out. Or just the food you like to eat. You know, like something you like to eat. You know, if, especially, you know, at dinner. Like if you're going to cook something at dinner and you really like, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, the the mountain house uh, lasagna meal or something and you really like it and it feels good and it tastes good. And it's, you know, the, the funny thing about the YouTube videos that we watch that all talk about, you know, uh, you know, how great or how much value cold soaking is are the same ones that say, you know, hiking a long distance hike, it's all a mental game. <laughs> well, if it's all a mental game, then you're going to want really good pick me ups out there when you're hiking you're going to really want foods or drinks or like for us coffees in the morning that make you feel happy you know that that give you that mental pick-me-up but i can guarantee you the nutritional value is going to make you feel better because anyone ever has anyone ever eaten something like that's bad form like you know like a mcdonald's or something and then you just feel sluggish for like an hour or two hours you just feel sluggish it's got no nutritional value to your body the, the, exactly. That's good. Because look at the foods that you are going to be cold soaking. You're looking at like mashed potatoes, lentils, um, rice, noodles, uh, couscous, things like that. But then you're having to add into it the nutritional value. So like we had alluded to before, you're adding the weight, you're adding the cost um, versus just, you know, essentially carrying that same weight, um, you know, and, and, and receiving the nutritional value from it. So, yeah, absolutely. And that one of the things that we just did, we just put a, uh, Scott and Ariane's nutritional backpacking guide on our Patreon page. So it is a comprehensive, completely fully food make, I mean, make your own dehydrated food, uh, all good whole grains, nuts, fruit, Everything that is that gives you nutritional value, calories on the trail on a long distance backpacking trip. So we have that on our Patreon page. You can go to Trust the Trail 
Patreon.com uh, or I'm sorry, Patreon.com forward slash Trust the Trail and check that out. I just uploaded those those week and those are for like a two dollar tier. And those all those documents we uploaded our uh, our uh, update our, our gear list. So the comprehensive food guide is really a great way to look at your food if you're going to go on a long distance backpacking trip. And because uh, nutrition is is so important out there on the trail. I mean, it's so important. I mean, so I think as backpackers, we're always looking for those ways to things make things more efficient for ourselves. You know what? What can reduce uh, the load for us? What what can be more efficient for us? How can we do it better? Uh, what are fun different ways to try techniques? So we're really interested to know if you think it's a trend. Is it going to last? Is it going to alter? Do you use it yourself? Uh, these are definitely things we want you guys involved in on the topic of conversation on our Facebook group page. Uh, so definitely go to the post when it comes out and join the conversation on this. Yeah, I l- would love to know if any of you guys really cold soak out there. Um, and what and benefits did you get? Did you like it? Yeah. And did you go back to bringing the stove again? And do you do it seasonally? Or is that something that you maintain regularly? I would have to say it would be only summer. There'd be there'd be nothing worse I, than pulling out your jar in the absolutely. winter and having it ramen noodles frozen in your <laughs> in your little piece of Tupperware. I don't know if ramen noodles can freeze. No. Quite honestly, it's like the cockroach. You no, know, you could put a, like a, a popsicle stick in there and actually make a popsicle. <laughs> noodles don't. You can make a fruit popsicle. Those were those would be pretty good. Ramen ramen pop. <laughs> ramen pop. <laughs> They've oh got the ramen God. bomb. <laughs> You'd have to put some kind of flavor in the water. <laughs> There's no way. Well, we're getting yeah, we're getting some new f- food intake out there so uh, the ramen pop has anybody ever tried it (laughs) (laughs) much like the pickle pop (laughs) can't taste as good that's for sure (laughs) well there's a lot of alternative foods out there you guys um you know look at you know look at if you're gonna be backpacking in the summertime and you're looking for food and you don't want to cook look at things that give you a lot of nutritional value you know people bring tuna out there Make yourself a tuna sandwich. Make yourself a tuna salad. Um, you know, look at things that you can eat a lot and get that nutritional high calorie count uh, intake in there. And one of the things that we suggest in the guide is that you know what's really good if you do not have a peanut allergy, by the way, is cashews. Gorp. Look at your gorp bag and look at your snack bag and how how can I make that into like maybe you know, like a quick dinner meal. Um, you know, what are like breakfast bars? Huge, hugely popular in the morning time um, that you can actually have in the morning time. Now, the thing is we have coffee. So, but if we didn't have coffee, if we didn't make coffee, then yeah, I can see going the day without without heating anything, without cooking anything. I could see that. But, but that would be like by choice. That would be by, um, you know, I just didn't feel like it, but I had alternative foods in my pack that I could eat and still get that nutritional value. Like, I mean, man, you eat like uh, a couple of handfuls of cashews, you're going to be full. And those cashews are probably some of the best nuts. Any kind of nut that you can eat on the trail is really super good for you. Um, But, 
there, there are alter- like my favorites, peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So there are alternative foods that you can bring, but look at the nutritional value in that. Look at your breakfast bars. Look at your Cliff bars. Look at your 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 protein bars, and um, are they giving you your you your nutritional value? Because like I know Ariane's a snacker. I mean, she loves to snack on the trail, but that's almost even better because she's always getting her nutritional value in bits and pieces. And she always has a high, more of a high level energy when she gets to camp because she's been eating really good foods during um, the trail. And I can guarantee you one thing that if you eat nutritional foods in little small snack amounts, you are going to hike a whole lot more than cold soaking ramen noodles in a jar, thinking I'm gonna save that time to hike two or three or four more miles. You're gonna be able to hike those two or three, four miles if you are eating nutritional foods in small amounts on the trail during the day. That's just a fact, because your body's gonna love them. They're gonna love, your body's gonna love what you're putting in your mouth, for sure. You're, you're working harder, your body is working harder to do an activity. Um, and it, it needs fuel to be able to achieve that. So by plugging in extra miles to cold soak, you're not necessarily offering your body anything in return an investment on that during that, those extra miles. Um, and, and whatever you eat at night, is it going to invest being able to do those mileage the next day? So, uh, cold soaking, it's an option, but it's also an option to go stove less without cold soaking. If you are looking at um, foods that offer nutritional value, so uh, it would be really interested to see the dialogue that comes out of this podcast. Yep, and the other last thing uh, we'll mention as far as why we make the decision not to cold soak is that um, gear breaks down, gear gets lost things happen to gear on the trail and so if you lose your water filter if you lose your ability to um, filter your water the next option if you're out there by yourself is to boil water and so when you eat you're giving yourself a better than average chance (laughs) when you heat your water of not getting giardia (laughs) or a waterborne illness so that's just coming from us because you know being uh having our certification in wilderness first aid um anything you can do to better your odds of not getting sick out on the trail is is good so that's just that may be a mute point to the cold soaking argument but it's a mental preparedness thing for us and that's one of the reasons why we don't do it Um, Thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoy the podcast, please post a comment on iTunes. We would love for you to uh, post a comment. It helps spread the word about our podcast. Shout outs to our new Facebook members. We love you guys and our patrons. Thank you guys so much for supporting the podcast. Rick, Jerry, Shirley, Chuck, John, Jerry, Suzanne, Brad, Bill Cottrell, Nick Dyer, and our newest Patreon, Mike Pellet. Mike, thank you so much for uh, joining um, you uh, the uh, the complete comprehensive backpacking uh, cooking guide is out on Patreon right now, and you can download it, Mike. Our podcasts are available on Overcast, Podcasts, Breaker, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, which also helps support the support Trust the Trail, and we are on iHeartRadio. 
I'm, that's that's really <laughs> cool. It's really cool. It's still really exciting. It is very for very you. exciting. It is. It is yeah. exciting for me. <laughs> um, and of course, you can follow us on Instagram. Trust the trail. So, you guys, thank you so much. We hope that we gave you some value on the podcast. Um, the trail does give you everything you need. So trust the trail, you guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>